Welcome to Unlocking the Truth. We are excited you are joining us in this podcast by Preset Ministries Canada to discover God's truth for yourself and to know Him deeply. You are listening to the series Follow Me with Mark Sheldrick, where we will look at six characteristics of a true discipleship of Jesus Christ and His call to follow Him. We encourage you to study along with the 40-minute Bible study, Being a Disciple Counting the Real Cost. You can find this 40-minute Bible study on our website. Now here's Mark Sheldrick in Unlocking the Truth. Hello, everyone. It's Mark Sheldrake here, and this is another episode of Unlocking the Truth podcast. So glad that you can join us online for our series on Follow Me, True Disciples of Jesus Christ. Looking forward to this week's episode and the challenges that are going to come from God's Word. Before we do, let me just remind you, visit our website, PreceptMinistries.ca, and you can learn about our training courses and our online classes Or if you're interested in leading a course, you can find out how to become a leader of a precept Bible study. We have series from no homework series all the way to uh, courses that are at a Bible college level, our precept upon precept. Encouraging to see each and every person out there who is leading. Thank you for doing so. And we challenge uh, anyone new to get involved in leadership so we can engage more people in relationship with God through His Word in Canada. We're also looking forward to having 40, 40 in-person workshops in 2023. If you're interested in hosting a workshop or having one of our trainers come to your church, uh, visit us at preceptministries.ca or email training at preceptministries.ca and one of our team will uh, get connected with you. We'd love to make our way out into the country in 40 different churches next year. All right, without further ado, folks, let me commit our time to the Lord, and then we will dig in and uh, see what God's Word has for us this week. Father, we do thank you for this time that we have, that we can use this technology to to discuss your Word and to be, to be engaged in uh, discipleship, Lord, to, to understand what it truly means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that as this goes out this week, that uh, you would encourage people and bless their hearts, but also challenge them uh, through your Holy Spirit to to change where they need to change. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, folks, we have uh, are in episode two of our series on the discipleship and counting the cost. If you're studying along with us in the 40-minute Bible study. So glad that you're doing that. If you're listening in, grab your Bibles. We're going to be walking through the scriptures uh, this week in looking at the cost, the cost of discipleship. Uh, last week, last episode, we looked at the call to discipleship. The, the disciples, that they just dropped everything and began to follow Jesus. I'm not sure if any of you have watched the Chosen series, but uh, what a great series of episodes in the life of Jesus and the disciples. And uh, just checking out one of the scenes with Matthew, the tax collector, and and oh, the challenge that he had in wanting to follow Jesus. And and the people looking at him, what are you crazy giving up everything you have to follow Jesus? And yes, he did. He gave up everything to follow Jesus. And that's really what we're going to be 
be looking at uh, this week. And so as we walk through these passages this week, we have to think about last week we covered, you know, we all follow somebody. We all follow somebody and to follow uh, can um, take a cost. There can be a cost in following it. And fortunately, when we look at the call of Jesus this week and the cost, we're going to see it's quite an extreme cost. All right, so let's let's just dig into the text, and uh, we're going to be starting with uh, Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 38. And let me just give you the context of this, this passage here. I'm just going to read these verses, but this is all uh, coming just just after Jesus uh, feeds the 4,000 and where they go to Caesarea Philippi and Jesus asks, who am I to uh, the disciples? And Peter, of course, says he is the Lord. And so this, this picks up in verse 34 and it says, he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in glory in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And so we've got here uh, that uh, Jesus had just finished teaching that he was going to uh, begin to suffer many things, and he was going to uh, be led to the cross one day. And then he's talking about the the commitment, the true commitment of uh, the disciple and what it's going to cost. And so let's look at these verses uh, first and foremost, starting in verse 34. He, he says, if anyone wishes to come after me, we just want to pause right there. We don't want to go any further than come after me because we want to understand the Greek and the Greek tense of, of the verb uh, come after me. Okay, so the Greek tense of this verb, it is to imply a continuous or habitual action. Uh, it's to pursue after Jesus. So uh, this is continuous. It's not just a one-time thing, but if you want to follow and come after me, all right, come after me, he must deny himself. All right, this is this is the big thing. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure of it, that this is not the first time that you have walked through these verses or heard these verses preached on in a sermon in a church. These are not new verses to us. They're they're ones that we we use all the time to to show the cost of following. But let's just look. This is a continuous habitual action. It's a pursuing him uh, day day and night for the rest of your life to come after uh, Jesus. And if anyone wishes to do that, they must deny uh, themselves. All right, so this denial that takes place in our lives, it means to let go of (laughs) self-determination. Oh, what does that mean, Mark? What is it? It means that it lets go of everything that you so desired for your life, 
and leave all of that behind in pursuit of Jesus. That means that your number one pursuit becomes Jesus and all of your self-made plans, self-made desires, and self-made dreams all fall by the wayside. That now your complete obedience and dependence is all focused on Jesus. All right, so it means to to leave everything uh, behind. All right, let's look at a cross-reference in Psalm uh, 49, verses 6 to 8. All right, so we're going to the book of Psalms, chapter 49, verses 6 to 8. And the idea and the principle is leaving everything uh, behind. All right, so listen to what uh, the psalmist says. He says, Even those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches, no, ma- no man can by any means redeem his brother or give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of his soul is costly, and he should cease trying forever, that he should live on eternally, that he should not go undergo decay. So so what do we want to draw out of this out of this message? And redemption or redeeming uh, cannot be purchased. There, there's nothing that can be be done for us to to work and do that. But but what Jesus is telling us is that the the desire and determination to follow after him is costly. And what it means is that we have to leave everything behind. And and so that's really one of the the things that we need to pause and stop and think about because we look at all of the things that we follow, all of the things that draw our heart's attention, all the things of the world that we focus on. And then we have to ask ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit challenge us and show us is my heart fully after him. Do I really understand the cost of following Jesus? I can think back into the times when when I was pastoring and would present the gospel. I'd present the gospel and the purpose was oh the desperate need for a savior that we need a we, there's a need for a savior because we are inherit we have inherited sin from Adam and because of this sin that we were we was credited to us when we were born that because we are children of wrath we're headed for we're headed for um, God's wrath and because that we have all of these evil tendencies within us that there's a need for a savior to wipe our sins completely away and then you would see people who would say yes lord i need a savior i need somebody to to save me from to save me from my sins but then what's next what comes after that person begins to understand and fully realize that because of their need for a savior they have to leave everything behind uh, for some that is really hard to to grasp because what happens if your desire and your hope and your dreams is to be an NHL hockey player and you give your heart to Jesus and Jesus calls you into ministry 
How do you wrap your mind around the fact that you have to give all of those things up to follow Jesus? There's one great uh, movie, and I continually went back to teaching about this movie when I was uh, with the teens, and I've talked about it in this podcast before, and it's the movie Hook with Robin Williams. There is a scene where there is uh, two, two men with the drawing of the line in the sand. And with the line in the sand, you, you have the choice. Are you going to follow, follow one or are you going to follow the Peter Pan? And so you have the kids and you have the kids pondering whether who they're to follow because Robin Williams is an older Peter Pan and he's not sure. They're not sure if it's really him and they should follow him. And so they keep running back between the two people that they can choose to follow. And then one child grabs the face of Robin Williams and starts to take the wrinkles out of his face. And as he takes the wrinkles out of his face, he begins to see it. He clearly sees Yes, that is the Peter Pan that I know. And he says, guys, it's Peter Pan. And they all move and they all follow and they all make allegiance to stand uh, with Peter Pan, Robin Williams. It's reminded me of some of the, the things that we battle with in the world. We, we look as those who are called and want to follow that we've we've dropped our nets to follow Jesus, that we've, we've made the decision to make our life uh, all of his and in pursuit of him. And yet here we are with the line that draws between following Jesus and that of the desires of the world. And we keep running back between the two. We run, we run to Jesus and we say, we're going to follow you with all of our heart. But then the world, it, it draws us and, and pulls us and, and talks to our flesh. And it draws us back across that line. And it says, no, no, no. You can have it both ways. You can have Jesus and you can have the world. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. The world tells us that we can have it all. We can have it all. And sometimes it's at the low, low price of whatever. And we can go out and we can make that purchase. But you see, denying self and what Jesus says here, it's letting go of everything. It's becoming completely obedient to his word and being completely dependent on Jesus. He summoned the crowd and the disciples and he said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Uh, what, is, what does Jesus mean here? Well, because he had just been speaking about uh, the suffering that he would entail, he's telling the followers, the people amongst this crowd of people, that to follow him and to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, it's not just saying with your mouth that, yes, I'm going to follow you and I believe that I'm going to follow in your footsteps. It is denying everything that you desire and then completely following him. But it also means that his, he calls his followers to live in humility, to live a life filled with self-sacrifice. 
He also calls his followers to be willing to suffer for his sake. Uh, he calls them to pick up the cross. Are you, are you willing to die for my name? All of these things that become the challenge that we have uh, before us. You see, this is why when we, when we make that decision to follow Jesus as a true disciple of Jesus Christ, we've got to really measure and weigh the cost of following him. Because it is a very serious decision. And in the end, we know that it determines whether we live or die, whether we spiritually live in eternity or we die and spend eternity in the lake of fire. But you see, the calling that Jesus has is not so that he just wants you to follow like the large crowd. There was many people who were following in the crowd that weren't true followers of Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, he talks about, I am the bread of life. And, and when he was speaking about uh, being the bread of life, some of the people didn't fully understand the teachings. But what they, what they thought was, oh man, is Jesus really, is he really asking people to, to eat me, take, take of me the bread of life? No, no, he's, he's calling for a great commitment. And some of the people didn't understand this. And the Gospel of John tells us that they walked away. So many in the crowd, many in the crowd were following after Jesus. Many of them were following, maybe because of, of the works that he was doing, because of, of the teaching that he was giving. But when, when the rubber hit the road, it was, you follow me, and it, there is a cost. And the cost is everything. The cost is to give it all up for him. Uh, verse 35, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. Uh, one commentator wrote on verse 35, he said, those who pursue the easy life which can be summed up as one who is accepted by the world, will not find eternal life. <laughs> uh, the easy road is, is to, to run the path of the world. But those who, who run the path of the world, those who run with the teachings of the world, those who gather up the riches of the world, and those who become sustained by the world instead of sustained by Jesus, the end for them is not eternal life. It's eternal destruction. They've put all of their hope in the wrong place. There's no sacrifice. There's no work in the relationship with the world. Yes, yes, we have to toil to to get our paychecks, but you see, when it comes to the world, man, we can just go, we can get everything we want, and we can just keep going further and further and further and further into debt. And we see that there is no cost to pursuing the things of the world. Everything is at our fingertips. But here Jesus, he's saying the opposite for those who are believers. The opposite is that those who give up their life for Jesus and the gospel will find eternal life. 
Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. Oh, do you see the, do you see the cost? The, the, the cost to, to be able to look at your life and say, yes, I'm willing to give it all up. Why? Why am I willing to give it up? Because of eternal life. Am I willing to give up all of the, the securities that I have in this world in pursuit of Jesus? Do I need to keep the peace that I have in the world with the things that I have? Or am I willing to give it all up to live in the mansion that Christ has gone to prepare a place for us for? Do the riches of the world outweigh the riches that are found in Jesus Christ? These are all great challenges that we we have to really think through because, man, we're living in a day right now. We're living in a day where we're seeing in, in my time, maybe others of you in your time, but in, in what they say over 40 years, there has been no inflation like we have seen today. What kind of a world do we live in right now where there is an absolute shortage on lettuce. Have you did you ever think we'd come to the point in time in our in our world where you couldn't you couldn't buy a, a head of lettuce? Just this week I was in the grocery store and I and I almost I had to clutch my chest. I had to clutch my heart and look and say, I cannot believe that it cost twelve dollars and ninety nine cents for three hearts of romaine, three three inner parts of the romaine lettuce, twelve ninety nine. The other, the other thing that I was purchasing was three sweet potatoes, three for six dollars. We're we're seeing in our in this day and age where inflation is just catching us at the grocery store. Everything is increasing in price. Things are becoming so so expensive. Heating costs around our nation are growing. Those who are still uh, on oil heating and things like that, the, the prices are increasing, increasing, increasing. And they say this winter will be the worst financially for, for, um, for those on with inflation. All those dealing with the economy that we're in right now. You see, all of these things are becoming challenges to us. Do we believe and trust in the word of God and that God will bring provision for us, that Jesus will provide, that, they, that he, as we know in Genesis, Jehovah Jireh, God is the great provider. All of these things, we see that there is a great cost in the world. <laughs> great cost in the world is, maybe that doesn't sum up what's happening right now, but Jesus says there's great cost in following me. We understand when inflation hits our pocketbook that that's what, there's a huge cost to get groceries and we don't like it. The cost to, to sustain, oh, oh, the, the dollars that are leaving our houses just to live. And then Jesus, he comes and says, Oh, 
the commitment to follow me. Inflation's got nothing on. I want everything. I want you to give up everything. If that means give up your riches, give up your riches. If that means give up your desires, give up all your hopes and dreams, everything that you you had planned in your perfectly planned out life. He says, give it all up and follow me. Be obedient to my word until the end. Because if you're willing to lose the life that you have now, if you're willing to lose it for me and for the gospel, your riches and blessings in eternity will be far beyond what this world could ever offer. This is the commitment that Jesus is asking us to make. This is what he's calling us to do. Like I said in in the previous week's podcast, that Jesus' ministry was a front-loaded ministry. There were no secrets behind door number one. He didn't come and present the gospel to us and the call to follow without presenting all the details. He laid it all out for us. You follow me, you give up everything, you pursue me, and only me, and you be obedient to me. It's all right there. He also adds that we will suffer because, well, we saw that in last episode, didn't we? That he is going to, uh, we're going to suffer, we're going to be brought before courts, all because of the name of Jesus. Look at verse 36 and verse 37. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, I love Warren Wearsby, and he sums it up just like this. He says that uh, to have all in the world is to be eternally bankrupt. All the world's riches won't compensate for losing out on eternity. Do you see what's at stake? You can, you can have it all. You can have the, the big bank account. You can have the big house. You can have all the, the great toys in the world. And all of that stuff is not going to make you feel good and not going to actually uh, do anything for you beyond this life. I used to work uh, in a funeral home. Oh, that was some interesting times in my, in my life. I used to work with uh, families that would come with their loved ones. And when they passed away, uh, my job was to go into their homes and, and take their loved one back to the funeral home and then get everything ready uh, for the funeral. I wasn't a, a funeral director. I was one of those folks they call the, the funeral assistant. And in my time uh, taking on that role, uh, part of my role was to get everything ready for the visitation and then for the funeral service. And, and in between that time of the visitation and the funeral service, there would be a quiet time for the family, the family to say, say their goodbyes to their loved one, and then they'd go to the, to the public funeral service. I can count on the number, I can't count the number of times that I was with families that had precious objects and precious things that they wanted to, to go into uh, the casket with, with their loved one uh, because they, so that they could have it for 
what they called the journey. I will remember that one of the one of the times one family left uh, a fair amount of money in the casket for this family member. And all I could think about was all of these things <clears throat> that were left behind. All of these things from the world that, that the loved ones leave behind. Uh, we've seen examples of this when, when a loved one passes away and, and the, uh, the spouse has to go in and clean out their home from the things that their loved one has left behind. All of the, the comforts of the world, all of the, the riches of the world, all of these things will still be around after we're gone. But where are we going to spend eternity? If we find comfort in the things of the world and the, and the things that uh, are made by man, is that similar to what Jesus is saying? We forfeit our soul to the world? Or do we give up everything for the gospel and for Jesus Christ and we have our lives saved and we spend eternity in heaven? Have you truly weighed the cost of following Jesus? Have you truly thought through all that Jesus requires of us in following him? Verse 38 says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in glory, in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Verse 38 this is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus comes again, he's not going to look at the external things that are going on in the world. He's going to look at every man's heart. And when he looks at every man's heart, he's going to see whether we were wholly devoted to him, whether we were torn between him and the world, or whether our heart's desire was pursuing our own desires. Verse 38 tells us Jesus is going to look at the heart, and when he comes to judge, he will see the difference between a true follower of Jesus Christ, one who, who understood denying self, and one who dabbles in both the world and in their relationship with Jesus. Here's an important quote that I, that I found in my preparation this week, and it says, Discipleship saves us from the tragedy of a wasted life. Yes, there's suffering in taking up the cross to follow Jesus, but that suffering always leads to glory. Let me, let me read that to you, to you one more time, because this is, this is such a, a great value in what we're talking about. Discipleship saves us from the tragedy of a wasted life. Yes, there is suffering in taking up the cross to follow Jesus, but that suffering always leads to glory. I mean, we can talk about the suffering in, in so many different ways. I mean, we saw last week's episode that there is uh, multiple ways uh, that we are going to suffer for the gospel of Jesus Christ, even physically, uh, emotionally, financially. All of these things are a sacrifice to follow Jesus. Because when we deny ourselves and our own pursuits, 
Maybe we're not going to have the job that we always wanted. Maybe we're going to not make the dollars that we did. But maybe with the dollars that we do have, we're going to be giving more to the ministry of the gospel. There's great sacrifice. There's great cost in following Jesus. Let's look at another passage on this very topic, and it's found in Luke chapter 14, uh, verses 25 uh, to 33. And in Luke chapter 14, 25 to 33, Jesus again is teaching on the cost and the commitment of following him. Listen to what he says in verse 25. Large crowds were going along with him, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and it is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in the battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. Oh my goodness, folks. It seems to be, it's driving in even clearer. Can you see as we we build upon each section of Scripture the commitment and the cost that it is to follow after Jesus. Now, if you look at verse 25 for a moment, just think, now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned to them and said to them, this is, this is the thing, that Jesus didn't want large crowds following after him. When, when he's looking at the hearts of these people and knowing why are they following after him? He's going to raise the level. He's going to raise the bar of commitment. He doesn't just want large crowds following after him. He wants these people to make massive commitments. It's easy to be in the crowd. It's easy to be a part of the large group, but it is not easy to carry that cross. It's not easy to to follow through with all the sacrifice that comes with following Jesus. All right, so listen, what he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yet even his own life cannot be my disciple. Do you see it? Do you see what he's telling us? That even family does not hold the higher priority than my pursuit and obedience of Jesus Christ. That becomes number one. That's the number one focus in our lives. So what's the cost? Sometimes the cost is family. Oh, I don't want to think about think about the fact that that my pursuit 
of Jesus Christ can cause division and that I need to put them above my children? Absolutely. Absolutely. My pursuit of Jesus is the foremost thing, and it's above all of my family. And then you see what he says at the end? It's even above yourself, your own desires. Uh, The generation that we are living in right now, the the generation that we focus on is, is really that generation of, you know, that half pursuit of Jesus. I remember when I was younger, our pastor and his family wouldn't allow their children to to play hockey and sports on Sunday. You you could play at other times during the week, but Sunday is the Lord's day. It's the day where you make that commitment to follow and show your devotion to Jesus through worship. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm starting to to reveal reveal my age a little bit by looking back to the to the good old days but now I bet you there are more hockey arenas filled with people in home depots filled with people than there are people in the church pursuing Jesus but are we willing to to follow Jesus to the extent to know that the cost can be our family this is a a pretty big deal, what Jesus is saying here. The bar, the bar has been raised. Do we understand? I don't think the idea of here that what Jesus is saying is that we are to hate our parents. That That's not the principle that is being laid out here, that we need to hate our parents and be enemies with our parents. It's, it's to show that there is a greater love and desire and passion for the pursuit of Jesus than there is a love for the family that I have. It shows the the level of commitment that that if the time the case were be to if I were to grab the drop the net and follow, would I be willing to leave everything behind, including relationships in pursuit of him? I know that there are people who are probably listening to this podcast, and and I have met people on traveling in the road throughout Canada that have made this decision, that have made the decision to, to follow after Jesus with all their heart, and it has brought division in family. It's made for very difficult Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners. It's made for very difficult conversations around the dinner table because the pursuit is... First and foremost, Jesus. And there are some in our families who do not pursue Jesus. And that can be very difficult as a parent to know that my first pursuit is Jesus, knowing that my children are not walking with the Lord. And that the things that we could have in common in Jesus Christ are not there because there's division, and that division came through Jesus. But you see, this is the level of commitment he calls us to. Is my love for Jesus greater? It doesn't mean that we don't love our children who don't walk with Jesus. It doesn't mean that we don't 
uh, continue to preach the gospel and pray for our children that they would come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. No, no, none of that. It shows our heart and our devotion that we are completely obedient to him and we understand the cost of following him. But we still have a responsibility with other scriptures in the Bible that show us that we are to raise and teach our children and 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 show them the truth of God's word. These these are the things that we all still do in making disciples, and we'll come to those those principles in future episodes. But is our pursuit, are we willing to give it all up to follow Jesus? Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I mean, this is this is huge. Pick up your cross, be willing to die to yourself and follow and pursue Jesus. Look at verse 28. For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if we have enough to complete it? Calculate the cost. This is a very important part of all of this. It's not that Jesus has hidden this. He has laid this out for us in the very beginning. It's very easy for us to see. We can see it right before us. Here's what it costs to follow me. Now calculate it. Is it worth it? If I, if I start the project, if I start the build, will I have enough in the bank to be able to complete it? Nobody starts something that they can't complete. Verse 29, otherwise when he's laid the foundation is not able to finish it, all who observe it will begin to ridicule him. I mean, this this is the deal. You don't you don't start a massive home renovation without knowing you have enough money to cover the expenses. Otherwise, you're going to be living in a home that is not completed. Man, some one of the the TV shows that I just love watching when I'm on the airplane is is the Mike Holmes, the old Fix It show. I can't remember the title of it, but uh, there's another one with um, Brian Baumler and. It shows the um, uh, renovations that were not completed or or the people who are still working on it. Ten years later, uh, the man's wife is still waiting for the kitchen because they ran out of money and they or they could only do it as the money came in and they've been living in disarray for for so long. And then Brian comes in with the as the hero or Mike Holmes comes in and they and they fix the problem and in 30 minutes you got a brand new kitchen. Oh, wouldn't that be so great if it were true to be that way? We just had carpet changed in our house in the past week, and and our life was in a little bit of an uproar for over a week as we had to move furniture around uh, trying to make it all happen. It's cra- crazy times. That's why I say when I, I've known I, I've reached that, reached that middle age when you start to get excited about new carpet in your house. <laughs> anyway, what what we have here is we have this, this principle that... You have to calculate the cost. You have to think through the whole thing and and evaluate that cost and determine, am I going to be able to follow through to completion? And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's telling us that we need to die to ourselves, that it, it can be costly in the fact that our love for Jesus needs to be greater than our our love for our family and the relationships that we have in the world. Our our love for Jesus needs to be greater than the own desires of our heart. 
that we need to calculate all of this and lay it all out. And then in verse 33, it says, uh, So then none of you who does not give up all his possessions, uh, none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all of his possessions. So calculate the cost. Uh, give it all up uh, is the principle of absolute, unconditional surrender. With all your heart, are you willing to, to give it all up? Give it all up for, for Jesus. Uh, let's look at one more passage before we, we wrap our time up and we just talk a, a little bit about, our, about some application today. We want to we look at Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 51 uh, to 53. Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? I tell you, no, but rather division. For from now on, five members in one household will be divided three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother-in-law. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. We can sum this up in, in very simple terms. A heart fully after Jesus is going to cause division. It's a guarantee. You will be hated because of my name are the verses that we looked at last week. We, we, we need to understand that our, our complete pursuit of Jesus Christ is going to cause division. And we are, we are seeing this in the world around us today. We are seeing that our churches are, are compromising the truth of God's word. They're compromising their, their position in Jesus Christ to conform to some teachings of the world. Why? Why? Well, some think that they do this in the hopes of being able to present the gospel to a, a lost generation, which remi- reminds me of the antinomians in Romans. Shall we keep on sinning so that grace may abound? Absolutely not. <laughs> the, co- the cost for us is full-on pursuit of Jesus Christ. That means full-on pursuit of all of his teachings. That means following God's word in complete obedience. That means selling off anything that were as our own desire and being fully after him. But we're seeing all of this compromise in the world. Even the, this, this week, the, the Church of the Lat- Latter-day Saints has come out and said they are uh, for um, gay marriage. More, more compromise of the Word of God. You see, the gospel, it is offensive. Those who reject the gospel of Jesus Christ... They hate what the gospel stands for. They hate what God's word stands for. And they get really loud about it. And they have a tendency to be able to create fear in those who profess Jesus to the point of compromise. 
Well, didn't we look at that last last episode? Don't fear man, but fear the one who can take both body and soul. That's compromise when we fear fear the man. Uh, we're to to completely follow after him. And you know what? I can guarantee you that that does make family dinners at Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter, whenever they come, very difficult. Because the teachings of God's word are countercultural. They're counter to what the world is teaching now. Yes, they teach love and they teach that God's word teaches love others and love your neighbor, but it doesn't teach love sin. It teaches go away from sin. Pursue Jesus. How? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And being a true disciple of Jesus is counting that cost, weighing it all out and determining, is it worth it? Is following after Jesus worth division in family? Yes, it is. Is following after Jesus and selling all my possessions so that my heart can be fully after him, is it worth it? Yes, it is. Is following after Jesus with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, am I willing to give up all of my life's dreams, desires, hopes, and plans, everything that I have selfishly put together for my purpose and my purpose alone, is it worth giving up? Calculate the cost. In the scheme of things, if one choice was eternal life and one choice was eternal wrath, is the cost worth it? Yes, it is. Here's the problem, and then we will wrap up. You see, the world can bring instant gratification just this week, into my mailbox, was the big Canadian Tire Christmas magazine. Oh, folks, if you're listening from America or around the world, Canadian Tire, yeah, we got we got ourselves in a, our own little store. It's got everything in it. It's like a big department store. You can look at that catalog and you can hope and desire and dream and want all these things that come from it, all these material things. It's the, it's the season, right, folks? The season to desire stuff. And the, desi- the season to desire stuff sometimes outweighs the season for which the purpose is the birth of the Son, Jesus Christ. We can't get distracted by the things of the world. They're shiny and they're pretty. And it reminds me of when I used to have a cat. I used to have a laser pointer. And I'd point that thing on the ground and on the wall and the cat would chase it around like crazy. That's what the world is. Got a bunch of shiny objects flashing left and right, drawing our eye and our attention to it. We can grab that shiny object or we think we can and we can get instant gratification we can hold it for a while we can hug it for a while but then we kind of kind of rusts out and and isn't useful anymore we just found out about all the use the useless things in our house when we did we changed the carpet and we 
purged like crazy. But you see, what Jesus is offering is not really a shiny object we can grab right now. It's not something we can, we can chase around. It's something we can pursue through his word. But, but the real joy comes at the end when we persevere and when we overcome, which is eternal life. It's the long reward for the short, in exchange for the short reward. Which one do you want? Have you calculated the cost of following Jesus? It's so much more than just saying a prayer, raising a hand, and walking an aisle. It's giving up everything for him. It's being in complete obedience and pursuit of Jesus at all costs. Whether it be relationships, money, possessions, all that gets left behind for our relationship with Jesus. What a challenging thing to think about this week as we wrap up. Have I truly calculated the cost? Do I really know what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ? To give it all up in pursuit of him. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us, Lord. I pray over each listener right now that maybe your Holy Spirit is working in their hearts. Maybe you're challenging them right now to think about uh, how their pursuit of your son Jesus is going. Maybe there are some things in, in their lives that they, they need to change, and even in my life that I need to change to be, to be more active in pursuit of you. Father, change our hearts to be more willing to give everything up in pursuit of you. Help, you late, help us to really calculate the cost of our profession. Help us to be true disciples. By your Spirit, continue to convict us of the sin that we have in our lives. May we grow more and more to be like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friend, for joining us in today's podcast of Unlocking the Truth, the podcast channel by Preset Ministries Canada. Visit our website, presetministries.ca, to further your journey in His Word by registering into a Bible study class, a workshop, or leadership training that will give you the tools to know God deeply and live differently.